It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. Given that we're heading into, to put it mildly, a rather contentious political environment, I thought I would actually weigh in on Donald Trump's choice for his vice presidential candidate. And one of the things I think people have to be aware of is this is a man who is not a supporter of scientific or clinically based sexual health information. He is not a supporter of LBGT, uh, support for any group to get um, funding or have support, or he's not a supporter of same-sex marriages. And as a matter of fact, and now this is going back, you know, to 2000, but he had a proposal to stop, you know, to change HIV-AIDS funding, and what he actually looked at doing was taking money from the uh, funding and putting it behind, and I'm going to read from an actual article. And here's how his section read when he first, um, he's opposed to same-sex marriage and extending minority protections to LBGT individuals. Uh, Congress should oppose any effort to put gay and lesbian relationships on an equal legal status with heterosexual marriage. Congress should oppose any effort to recognize homosexuals as a discrete and insular minority entitled to the protection of anti-discrimination laws similar to those extended to women and ethnic minorities. I mean, we have over 51% of this country is still massively discriminated against. Translation, women. When we're making 70 cents on the dollar compared to men for the same work, that is just, it, it to me is staggering. There needs to... Anyway, that's another, a whole other area that one could go into. And then here's this. Congress should support the reauthorization of the Ryan White Care Act. Now, Ryan White was a young man who died of AIDS. Uh, and as I, if I recall correctly, when I was volunteering on the AIDS ward at Cedars-Sinai here in Los Angeles, it was as a result of a transfusion. Care Act only after completion of an audit to ensure that federal dollars were no longer being given to organizations that celebrate and encourage the types of behaviors that facilitate the spread of HIV virus. Resources should be uh, directed toward those institutions 
which provide assistance to those seeking to change their sexual behavior. That is code speak for um, reparative therapy. And I will give you a little bit of a background here. Reparative therapy is neither reparative nor is it a therapy. It doesn't repair anything to the contrary. And what happens is it often is used by people who are trying to control someone's behavior. So just to give you a little FYI, there is no such thing as sex addiction. Some people may go, well, there has to be because they keep talking about it. No, actually, there isn't. There is a, uh, it's called the DSM-5, Diagnostic Statistics Manual. And that is the Bible by which codes are written for billable therapies for people coming into treatment with a therapist or with a counselor. Give, and now, there has never been sex addiction as a uh, billable therapy in the DSM, and it certainly isn't in there right now. So anyone saying that they are going and being treated for sex addiction, legally the person cannot bill for that treatment. Now, here's another back part of this. There are the AMA, the American Medical Association, Psychiatric Association, Psychological Association. These therapeutic groups are behind saying their reparative therapy should it cannot be and is potentially very hazardous to people to, to treat them. Because what reparative therapy does is it tells people you are not lovable the way you are, and it's often being done to teenagers when they first come out and say that they are gay or that they are bi or it's against. And it's usually from a family that is um, very uh, strict religious platforms. And they tell them, God will never love you. You will never have anyone who will love you. Uh, you are going to go to hell. You have to pray to God, and you have to pray that you never think, about, you never think like this again. Uh, I mean, it is astonishingly um, abusive to teenagers, and it's not allowed for anyone under 18. Now, here's the thing. For most people who are... Um, lesbian, bi, gay, trans, whatever, they know this when they're young. They know this when they're very young, that they don't fit into this binary category. So Mr. Mike Pence, Governor Mike Pence, is this, the Republican Party is not a friend to women, period. It is, I, Trump is anti-choice. The comments that are made, and you look at what, what we have as going forward, Pence is someone who's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to be supporting things that are uh, supportive of these, what he was calling, you know, minority groups. You know, I, here's, I, I'm going to say this relative to sexuality. I'm tired of having, and I think it was Tina uh, Fey who said, I'm tired of having crusty old white guys uh, tell me what I can and cannot do with my vagina. It is none of their business. And really what it boils down to, they want to have the control of, because when you can create life and you can create love, you control a lot. Uh, that's what's going on here. That's what organized religions have done. That's what, 
you know, many groups and organizations have done. Is I mean, this guy who just strangled his sister as an honor killing. There is no honor in killing. Let's be really clear about this. And she had told her parents she was leaving Pakistan uh, right after Eid, uh, the end of Ramadan, the, I think it's the three-day celebration after Ramadan, after the, the holy month. And her brother, big hero that he is, strangles her. Um, again, there is no honor in killing. We have a world that is in topsy-turvy, up, you know, it's in upheaval all over the place. And what we need to do and be is, I ask people, when it comes to, you know, dealing with conflict, when it comes to dealing with things, you have to know how to negotiate and you have to know what it is that's really making you angry. What makes me angry is when people are bullied in relationships. It makes me, it upsets me to see someone in a relationship, whether it is a a woman or a man who is being abused emotionally or physically or psychologically. That, for me, is someone who has worn someone down to the point they don't have the feeling that they are, you know, that, that they're worthy enough to stand up for themselves. And I have a girlfriend of mine who her sister's 35 years has been in a relationship with, uh, I'm trying to think of what, um, she has a particular term that she uses for, and unfortunately this woman did marry this guy. Um, oh, she calls him leech boy because he does nothing. Uh, she has the job, she has the money, and he spends his entire day um, just sitting around. And yet, again, this is her choice, but it was a choice that she made under, uh, under um, duress because he had taken away her medications and told her she didn't need them. And she's bipolar, and she needs them. So anyway, we're, the first part of the show is not going to be necessarily uplifting. The second part is going to be a lot of fun because we're coming up in about two minutes to the first break. But I think if we look to whenever you're dealing with someone who has an absolute concretized way of how they will only, they're only going to do it this way because that that's, you know, either they say, they always hide behind something. Isn't that interesting? Um, it's religion or it's in the Bible. Uh, no, it's not in the Bible, little FYI. And Often, the people who tell someone that they're a sex addict is someone who wants to control their behavior and someone who is upset that they are looking at uh, pornography. (laughs) I had a gentleman who said he was talking about uh, what, you know, when when his wife's out of town, what he does. And he was sharing that. He said, nah, he says, I'm not going to be going to any, you know, clubs or any strip club. Forget it. He said, when the wife's out of town, he said, all I do is he said, I turn on the TV. I go to the Playboy channel. He said, then I open up my wallet and I throw dollar bills or I throw money at the TV, you know, in certain instances. And he said, then I turn the TV off and then I go to bed and then I get up in the morning and I go and collect all the money. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) He said, then I just put it all back into my wallet. But Really, the thing that, for most people, one of the more difficult subjects to talk about and to talk about without it being heated, because it's invariably about you, is your sexuality. Because it is private, it is personal, 
and it isn't something that most people can talk about easily and with you know a, an amount of grace, if I, as I would say. So when we come back, I'm going to talk about what I feel or what I have seen are the best techniques for broaching difficult sexuality conversations with your partner, with your family, with your friends, and solutions that other people have come up with. So please stay with me and I'll be back with best solutions for how to talk about difficult sexuality. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Padgett. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. You've worked hard, you've lost weight, and reached your goal weight by eating right and exercising. Now, the challenge is to keep that weight off. Weight Watchers Magazine published four maintenance must to follow in order to keep your weight loss. They cited the National Weight Control Registry's ongoing study of adults who lost more than 30 pounds and have kept that weight off for at least a year. The secrets of maintaining your weight loss, according to more than 10,000 successful dieters, are 62% watch TV less than 10 hours a week, 75% weigh themselves every day, 78% eat breakfast every day, and 90% exercise an hour a day on average. Following these secrets will keep that weight off. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. So what I'm going to be talking about in this segment is the, the ways and the questions that people will ask me that, some of, that are some of their toughest sexuality questions to ask or to broach the subject of. And um, first one I'm going to talk about is 
And this is for people who, you know, even if you are in a relationship or you're going into a relationship, how do you describe to someone or tell someone that you have an STI, sexually transmitted infection? And sometimes people don't even know, little FYI. So it could be that someone has, um, they might have uh, human papillomavirus. They might have herpes and not know about it. And yet they are, you know, having unprotected sex. Well, genital warts, which is what HPV is, human papillomavirus, it is, you know, it ends up, it's a really high percentage of people who get exposed to it because it is a skin-to-skin contact virus. And it's also a virus, which means you can't treat it with antibiotics. You can treat bacterial infections with antibiotics, but you cannot treat viruses, which is why if anyone goes in to see a physician and you have a cold and, you know, you've got, you know, that, that's a virus. And if they're giving you antibiotics, they're idiots. And that's one of the things that's contributing to all of these people having antibiotic-resistant bacteria. That's one of the things that's going on in this world. Anyway, so let's say you are new in the dating world and you are, like, coming back in. Let's say you've ended a relationship and now it's kind of like, and you may have gotten the STI from the partner that you were previously with. For many people, one of the biggest things they don't want to do is give it to anyone else. So one thing that has happened is that there are support groups online. There are Facebook groups for people, for example, who have herpes, so that if they are with a partner, um, they know that this partner also is dealing with this. What um, I saw, and I had a a friend of mine um, who was a physician, and Dr. Gary would literally go to these support groups to give people information and validation that, you know, their life was not over, which for many people, they do feel that they're never going to be able to have anyone accept them because they're damaged goods. No, they just happen to have an infection that they can treat. Now, here's the other good thing about HPV. Your own body typically is going to deal with 95% of the cases. Your own immune system is going to take care of it, which if I may, I'm just going to jump in here about the Gardasil vaccine. Anyone thinking, oh, um, I'll just get the Gardasil vaccine and I won't have to worry about anything? Au contraire, not so much the case. Gardasil itself, I'm going to use the information from the lead investigator, not the researcher, but investigator as to whether or not Gardasil, which is a Merck product, and uh, Cervarix, which is a GlaxoSmithKline product, which are ostensibly to stop cervical cancer, okay? So they've gone after all of the 9 to 11-year-olds who aren't being sexually active to say that they need to have this in order to um, stop children from getting cancer and cancer associated with sex. Um, What is happening now is that we are seeing cases of, we don't know, and this was Dr. Diane Harper's comment, they don't know how long the, that so-called vaccine is going to be effective for. She also said there really is only one thing that really has the efficiency and the effective nature for uh, diagnosis and treatment, 
of anything to do with HPV, and that is screening. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a pap smear. And I had a friend of mine who was at the National Institutes of Health, and uh, Dr. Penny's comment to me was, you know, when they um, authorized that they were going to do pap smears <clears throat> for women and the government was going to support that this was being done and, you know, fund this, she said they never would have funded it if they had realized that it was sexually connected. So we know that it is can be a sexually transmitted um, infection, but what's also happening now is that uh, uh, pediatricians who some people say, oh, you should stop seeing a pediatrician at age 13 or whatever. Sometimes people say stop seeing a pediatrician when you turn 18. So this is treating someone from zero to 18. What pediatricians are now seeing is that young women who had the Gardasil vaccine have literally been, they're going in through what they call POF, premature ovarian failure. They're being chemically sterilized by that vaccine. So what happens is these girls obviously have gone through Menarche, they got their periods, then all of a sudden they go, there's a cessation of menses, so they go into menopause, and literally now pediatricians are seeing that with their female patients and saying, oh my God, it's connected to this. So uh, for what would I um, have my daughter or my son have these vaccinations? Hell no. And I use the science of Dr. Diane Harper, and I also use the awareness that Gardasil and Cervarix were in a neck-and-neck -neck horse race to get onto the market to try and capitalize on a profoundly effective fear-based campaign to get vaccinate, to vaccinate all of these young kids, the young girls, uh, and now they're trying to go after uh, middle-aged women, and they're also trying to go after women over 50. So they're trying to get as many people with these, uh, these vaccines that they cannot say actually work. There we go. So anyway, so how do you tell someone about this? Biggest thing is, so I just, I don't want people to think that, you know, if you just get this, then you're going to be okay. No, you're not. What you need to do is have a conversation with someone when you are vertical, so when you're standing up, not when you're lying down. And you need to be able to look them in the face. And one of the things that your ability to connect with someone is a powerful tool. It is not the same thing as texting someone. And when you're just texting someone, you have no idea the nuances. You don't know if they're looking away. You don't know if they're feeling scared or if they're happy or whatever it may be. Yet for most people, by the time they get to the point of, hey, I want to have this conversation, they're, they're wanting to be respectful of the person they're with and respectful of themselves. So, yeah, I mean, thinking that you can use a condom and that's not going to be transmissible, look, you can have... Uh, genital herpes, and it can be herpes, um, H, um, HSV, herpes simplex virus 1 is from the waist up typically, HSV 2, herpes simplex virus 2 is from the waist down typically. But now we've got transmission because there's so much oral genital play and sex. So 
you may, someone, uh, I know a woman who ended up getting it, and she could not figure out what this thing on her back was. And it was a sore that just, like, simply wouldn't go away. So finally her physician said, well, let me just swab it. And swabbed it, and it came back that it was herpes. So here's the thing about herpes. It doesn't have to be on the genitals. It can be, it goes down to the end of a nerve ganglion, and that is, so it ends up when there's a flare, either let's say you took some vitamin B or let's say you're under stress or you're taking something else, that's usually when it's going to flare. And I knew another woman who was on the top of her foot. And again, she did not know. So thinking that it has to only be the genitals, and sometimes it's deep within the vaginal um, vault, and the woman doesn't even know she's got it. So the important thing is that if you really want to know what your um, herpes status is and what your um, uh, HPV status is, you can go and be you know, tested and find out if you have the antibodies for them, okay? Because that's the only way you're going to know. But your immune system is likely going to keep things under control. Now, to have that conversation, again, if it is scary for someone to say, you know, I remember having, you know, an old boyfriend who his biggest fear in sharing with me that he had herpes was that I would immediately say, um, uh, forget it. Now, that also is something that if someone, if you do have an STD or an STI, make sure that you're not just immediately jumping into, you know, the physical relationship with someone. You can spread things easily with oral sex. So don't be thinking just because you're going down on someone that you're going to be okay. Not necessarily the case. And when I, when I ask people, you know, do they know who they got something from, um, I'd say 50% of the time they know and 50% of the time they're not aware. But I'll also tell you, if you are someone who uses sex toys, chances are you have a better, you have better sexual health than someone who doesn't use sex toys. And here's why I can give you that little tidbit. Uh, Dr. De- Dr. Debbie Hebernack, who is at uh, Indiana University, I think it's Indiana University. Anyway, she's at the, the Center for Sexual Health Education. And they literally, in a survey of uh, female and male uh, Americans, broad range, you know, like from like really young to, you know, 75, 80, they found that those who use sex toys also took better sexual care of themselves. They were more likely to go to a physician. They were more likely to use condoms. They were more likely to be aware of their body. So the next time if you're talking to someone and they say, oh, well, I, I, I can't believe, you know, you know, someone would be using, you know, these toys, which fortunately now there's so few. But what we do know is you can just say to them, listen, this is a health issue for me, and I have better health as a result of it. Here come the tunes. I'll be right back with how to answer other difficult sex questions. This is 
Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. was salvaged from the linguistic scrap heap by the Romans. It has remained in use in the Roman alphabet ever since, and now accounts for 2.5% of any page of written English. So today, I thought I would give you some fantastic words that start with the letter F. False eloquence is an 18th century word for lying. Fanfarinade is a 17th century word for an arrogant boaster. While a flapdoodler is a 19th century slang word for a person who talks nonsense and rubbish. A Philly Lou is a noisy uproar. And my favorite F word ever, floxy noxy knee hilly pillyfication, which means worthless trivia. For more letter of the day words, download my free app at twofunnyforwords.com. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. The Center for Affordable Prosthetics is a nonprofit organization dedicated to providing low cost 3D printed limbs to individuals in need. These guys are doing the world some good. Imagine the joy they bring to young and old amputees who cannot afford the thousands of dollars needed to acquire a prosthetic limb. These fine folks can do it with today's technology for a few hundred bucks, and they do it in style. Star Wars, Marvel, and more themed limbs. It's the coolest thing ever and hopefully will bring many smiles to many faces who before might not have had much hope of having a hand or arm or leg or foot again. Find the Center for Affordable Prosthetics on Facebook today and give them a like and a donation to their cause. Let's rally behind these hope bringers and tip the scale towards a brighter day. some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. So before the break, I was talking about how do you address difficult sex questions, and it was, how do you talk to someone about having um, an STI? Now, if you are someone who, you know, is HIV, you know, positive, that, you know, here's the thing, there is a legal requirement to disclose, there truly is, and for many instances, you know, you think, oh, well, I'm never going to see this person again. Let me tell you, we are all one, so if we're looking at this world as being that it's all of us, you have to be aware that whatever it is you put out is going to come back. So whether it's being kind to someone, whether it is a, you know, um, being considerate of someone, we are all one and we are all here because of love. And we all want to love and be loved. So please always keep that in mind, whatever it is you are doing. Which reminds me, uh, tomorrow... I'm going to be going to the Adult Novelty Manufacturers Expo, which is a translation for, it's a trade show for sex toys. 
So I'm going to look at what's new, what's not. And I just got an email from someone uh, on Facebook. And Tony Levine did some of the best. He calls himself a, a tribologist, meaning he knows all about vibration. And he's showing himself here as these South American killer bee parties, and here he is as a juju bee. So he's got blue and white stripes. Absolutely hilarious. Anyway, um, he had some of the cutest and best toys, the little Rub My Ducky toys. Awesome toys. Anyway, I'll be going to the adult novelty show, and I'll be talking about some of that next week. Um, And I'll also have uh, Dr. Diana Wiley on next week. And she is... We're going to talk about sexuality and aging and what we can do to keep things going because we are, we are an aging population and people are not wanting to give up on you know, their intimacy, whatever, however they are defining it. Another thing that um, I think, oh, and I, this is one more. I, if you are you know, in the dating world um, and online, particularly if you're using a, you know, a social app for it, you may have already come across this site called, it's on Facebook, called By Philippe, F-E-L-I-P-E. And this is a woman who, and gosh, this was a while ago, she had posted to Yelp a dinner review. And then this guy sent her back a dick pic. And this was like 1 o'clock in the morning for her, and she's in the U.K., United Kingdom. And so she said, if I hadn't had a couple of drinks, I probably wouldn't have done this. So she started sending back, she started taking screenshots from a site that, you know, posts all types of, you know, male genitalia. Here's what I think is just so amazing. If you're sending something to someone to try and impress them, wouldn't you think you'd think about what would impress them before you'd send it, right? Now, even if they're, you know, totally hetero, why do they think women want to see their penis? They don't. I mean, it's like, it's so staggeringly stupid. So anyways, what this woman did, she started sending him back um, snapshots of all of these men's genitalia back to him. You know, you send me an unsolicited one, I'm sending you a whole bunch. So she sent probably like 35 or 40 of them in a row, different sizes, using all the verbiage that he has. Oh, well, we're friends and, you know, you have nice eyes and ridiculous. And finally, at the end of it, so this is be, that has become a uh, sort of an, an example of, you know, I mean, this is a woman who's in a three-year relationship, and all of a sudden she posts to a Yelp site, and she gets this back. But regardless, at any point, so now they have a By Philippe Facebook page. They've done a play on it, and really, what it is is women, you know, sharing with other women and saying, look. This is not, this is not okay, and we're not tolerating it. And I thought, good for you. And what was her name? I'm, oh, what is her name? Ah, Samantha Maudsley. So if you're looking for that, it is, to me, it was highly hilarious to see that. Anyways, let's talk about other things if you're going to be bringing up. Let's say you are um, going into this new relationship or you're starting dating again, and you're coming out of something, and you're, you know, it. People say, well, things ended, you know, because things were ended because things were going badly. Well, then, you know, things usually do end when things are going badly. But 
um, if there's been emotional abuse or if there's been some type of physical abuse, first thing that I would suggest that people do is they look at, you know, many times the abuser is the cause of this, not the person who was abused. And yet they're made to feel that they are the problem. They're not. Yet it's an erosion of their self-worth and how they feel about themselves. So there may be triggers when you're going in, you know, like if someone may want to, you know, do a hard snuggle or something that may trigger something. So if you have had something that is a relationship that has had some form or style, because it's never okay, believe you me, it is never okay, then you have to let the person know that, look, this is, something so um, we need to move slowly in this area. So I'm talking about the really tough conversations to have uh, because many times people won't talk about things that are the most buried or that they are the most embarrassed about. There's women who don't want to tell men, um, you know, I've never had an orgasm. And that's, you know, something that we get given the message that women are supposed to be able to orgasm as a result of penile vaginal penetration and, you know, when there's enough noise and enough everything else going on. But for many women, penile vaginal penetration is not the way that they orgasm the most easily. Why do you think there are so many sex toys being sold? Now, if sex toys and lubricant were the number one reason and way that people would have good relationships, everyone would have one. However, what they are is they are tools and they are things that can be negotiated and brought into a relationship. Uh, I was at a LASA meeting last week, which is the Los Angeles Area Sex- Sexology um, Association. It is a group of us who are in the area of sexuality and sexual health, whether it's therapists, uh, counselors, myself as an educator, uh, sex workers. And what we do is we get together to... Not, it's not about any politics, but just talk about the things that we have going on in our, you know, in our world, what's going on. And there was a young, uh, I'd say he was mid, mid-20s, mid to late-20s, and he had designed an app for, as he said, you know, we millennials, don't, he said, I designed this for millennials, but he said, we millennials don't want our parents' relationships and our parents' marriages. And I thought, okay. Um, you know, and I, you know, he's speaking for the millennials he's hanging out with. I understand. Yet what it is, is instead of, so this is, let's say you want to introduce something new. Let's say, let's say you would like to bring another person into the relationship or into your, you know, sexual world. So you want to have something that's a little more open. Well, here's the important thing about this. It has to be very negotiated. It has it cannot be something that only one side wants because if it is and the other person goes along with it only to keep the person in the relationship with them, there's going to be eventual resentment and upset and they're going to be ticked and it is not going to work. So when I give people the awareness of what they're going through, what I want them to know is if you do 
want to open your relationship, this has to be a conversation you both have, and it has to be... So what this app is, is instead of knowing um, or having the communication skills, it is a game where, as he said, instead of someone getting so drunk where the guy goes, why don't the two of you go and make out after he's had, you know, a tremendous amount to drink? And he said, we want to be able to, because most people when they're swinging or they're in an open relationship, the last thing they're going to be doing is if they're going to a a club or anything, they're going to be sober because they want to be able to experience everything. And to me, that makes total sense. You're there for the sensation. You're there for the mental, you know, part of it. And if you want to bring in another man or another woman, again, this app, it's called Switch the Unicorn. And so what it does is it brings in a game so you can play it. And he said rather so that it isn't uncomfortable, so it isn't, a you know uh, uh, an anxiety producing event, and I thought to myself, call me crazy. But if this is supposed to be something that you want to do and you fantasized about it, why would it be an anxiety producing event? It should be something that you're looking forward to. However, so he and his girlfriend developed this app so that if they wanted to bring in another person, that they would have different game scenarios for them to play out at that time. And I thought, okay, that's, you know, here you go. Um, We're coming up to the final break. Uh, And again, I'm going to cover some more things about how to introduce uh, difficult subjects and conversations and the bringing something new with that you'd like to do with your partner. Okay? So that's what I'm going to talk about that in the final section. And then also, if there is time, I might go into a couple of other areas, but I think we'll be able to cover enough within that time. So please stay with me. I will be back after the tunes, and I'm going to be talking about when you want to introduce um, a new position, a new something. It doesn't have to be in person, but something that you just want to do with your partner because you're feeling that things are, it's not as exciting. Well, Typically, your brain chemistry is much calmer, so things aren't as exciting. So here we go. Here come the tunes, and I'll be back with tips right after this message. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. walked into a room on a mission to get something and totally forgot what you went in there for? I do it all the time, which makes me feel like a total civ head, as the Brits would say. Some might blame it on old age, but a recent study reported in the Quarterly Journal of Experimental Psychology suggests the simple act of passing through a doorway causes memory lapses. 
It appears the brain regards a doorway as an event boundary and effectively files away whatever you were thinking about as soon as you step through. What's a word for the feeling your thoughts are being stolen? Nucleptia. So, what's the solution? Try carrying an object that reminds you of the task. For example, if you go into another room to get a pair of scissors, carry the object you want to cut. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Martha Sanchez, the host of the Mobby to Mogul radio show, empowering women to build a successful business, invites you to join her on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at the ripe age of five. She was already interpreting information in documents and instructions on forms for her immigrant parents. Now, through her experience and those of her guests, she provides you with valuable steps to empower you to reach financial independence. Martha A. Sanchez is a registered nurse with a Bachelor in Nursing and Master's of Business administration. She's a business coach, speaker, author, and CEO of Moss International, LLC. Her diverse work experience brings you expertise in areas essential to customer service, social media, and budgeting. The Mommy to Mogul radio show furthers her personal mission of empowering women to help them build successful businesses so they can reach financial independence. Join Martha Sanchez, the host of the Mommy to Mogul radio show, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I was just responding to a um, post by a colleague of mine by the name of Bill Tavener. And after a year of planning, it's finally official. He's going to Guam to conduct a three-day training on using, on teaching safer sex. Bill, Bill is terrific. And it's through the Department of Health and Department of Education and the University of Guam. I, that is fabulous because majority of safer sex that's being taught has and comes from what Mike Pence's attitude is, which is teaching only, abstinence only, which we know abstinence only education is for those communities and schools. They have the highest percentage of STIs and highest percentage of unintended pregnancies. So, And the reason they do is because they get told that if they are planning on being sexual and having some form of protection or birth control, they're a bad person. Anyways, I think that's awesome for him. Um, so what, how, what do you do if you want to incorporate something new with your partner? And if you have been together for a period of time, that can be, you know, it, it, it can be very uncomfortable because it's kind of like, oh, my God, we've been together, you know, since time, you know, immemorial. How am I going to introduce this? Well, one of the things that, you know, people have to be aware of is that, yeah, when you're introducing new in the area of sexuality, it does make you vulnerable because for most people, they don't really talk or share what really works with their bodies. We're getting better. I, I have to say, we are getting better. And we do have more 
um, people, you know, under 35 who are saying, I'd prefer this or I'd like to do this, and a, a range of different things. I'd like to have an open relationship. I'd like to try a threesome. Yet it is still, given that app, which the unicorn tells us that we still need each of us work in the area of how to communicate. So here's what I ask people to do. I ask them to make sort of like, if there's something new, um, where did you get the idea for it? So what I want to know is, where did it come from? And if someone can tell me, um, then we then it depends on where I go. So if the, where did it come from? Now, if it came from watching something, some adult material or some porn, the first thing I let people know is if this is a porn-driven idea that you'd like to try, it may not be accurate. Uh, to the contrary, it is someone else's fantasy that they like to masturbate to. So is there, it, it depends on what it is. Now, if any of you have seen anything on Facebook where they post the Cosmo pictures, they post a, a Cosmo thing of Cosmo, they have a man and a woman wearing uh, nude bodysuits, trying Cosmo suggested positions, and some of them are really funny, but some of them are really bad, and the people either give a little X to it or a little, you know, check mark, but what I ask people is, if it is from a previous partner, then there is a way to introduce it that you can say, you know, you'd like to try the sensation, you know, this, or you'd like to try sensation this way, and or you, it can because what you don't want to do. Here's what the more important thing is: have it be that it's something you want to try with them. You can say it's a fantasy. You can say someone told you about it. You can say someone described it and or you read about it you know, in some erotica, but be careful about that because if you say you read about it in erotica, they may want to read it and then you're going to have to go and find it somewhere. Uh, but it also is, you know how your body responded. Now, I'll do this with a little, you know, caveat emptor, buyer beware. Uh, a young, there was a, oh, I guess he would have been about 30, and he was asking his girlfriend, tell me exactly what you want me to do. And they'd been together probably four or five months. And finally, she told him she felt safe enough to tell him what she actually wanted him to do and that what another person had done with her. Well, the, the thing that is the backfire on this is that as he's doing it, all he can think of is, am I doing it as well as him? Did I do it better than him? Is this what she really likes? So he wasn't in the moment at all of being with her. To the contrary, he was outside of that moment. Now, if the idea from porn is that you want to see if the two of you can do a particular position that is shown that, oh, hey, have at it. One thing I also will always be ask people to be really careful about is any pictures taken of you while you know you're you're nude or in the moment of something, just because you put it behind a firewall or do something else with it, that means nothing to someone who knows how to really hack things. And those are those are very private, special moments. But unfortunately, relationships end, and I've had. 
people who they are being blackmailed by people because of, you know, taking a, you know, doing a porno of themselves with their partner. So let's say it's an idea that you read in some erotica. Well, share it with your partner. Um, And if you are not feeling overly erotic or you're feeling like things are like becoming humdrum, then here's what your biggest sexual organ is. It's between your ears. So if you do read something that gets you more turned on, if you do have something that can get you more in the mood in the middle of the day, and then text them or call them. For most people, having a healthy mental you know, intimacy or connection with their partner is the thing that leads to, and this isn't only about intercourse. This can be, you know, I want to play with you, I want to do this with you, but the real thing that is most important for you with, with a partner is that you want to do it with them. And if it is, you know, again, if it is, you know, one of the hilarious Cosmo positions, tear it out and put it up on the back of the bed and say, this is what I want to try. If you want to incorporate toys, sometimes for people they're a little nervous about toys or they feel like they're not enough, even, you know, I have a friend of mine, top uh, sex educator uh, in the state of Georgia, um, also had been doing a PhD at Widener, and he and his wife uh, were, they had a relationship that sometimes was open, sometimes was closed. And so, you know, very open about what happened in their sexual relationship. But when she started using the vibrator more than he expected her to, it made him feel, it made him feel insecure. He said, I felt like, God, there's something I'm not doing. And I know, and I asked him, I said, well, how much time are you able to really, you know, set aside in order to be with her to get her as turned on as you used to before you had kids. And he says, well, not very much. And I said, yeah. So I'll give you an example of what I had a couple. He, they were, uh, I was doing a show on, um, with Dr. Drew called, uh, it was on Discovery Health. I think it was called Simply Sex. Anyway, he, there were a couple who they were approached by a producer at their church, and the producer, they were in the same uh, church, and asked them, would they like to have, you know, some, you know, free uh, help with their sex life and uh, their connection? And they were like, oh, my God, yes, that's absolutely what they would want. And the wife, and here's what I do when I speak with couples, I typically speak with them separately because Often they will tell me one thing that they really should be telling their partner, but they think their partner should read their mind. Please, no psychic sex. People are not mind readers. So what I asked her is I said, if you were able to be orgasmic more easily, would that be of interest for you? And she said, yeah, because she said, we just don't have as much time. She said, the baby cries or gets into bed with us. And I said, are you open to the idea of using marital aid? Sometimes you have to use different terms depending on who you're speaking with, right? And she said, sure. She said, if that's going to work. Because she said, and I had a woman who was an Orthodox Jewess, and she said, you know, 
everything changed down there after I had, you know, my children. So she said it wasn't until all of a sudden he was, you know, going down on me and he moved up the the pubis mons where the pubic hair is and she said exposed. She said all of a sudden it was like bam. But she said because her genitals had changed with pregnancy, he was doing what he had been doing before, but he hadn't taken into consideration that the shape of her genitals as a result of that huge influx of estrogen had changed shape. So this, this very religious couple, the husband, he says, well, you know, I know, I know to do this and this and this and then this and then this and then this. So he has a checklist that he goes down. I said, that's exhausting. He said, well, yeah, he says, I know I, I, know I need to do all of this. And I said, rather than that, how about if the two of you have this conversation face-to-face, and would you be interested in uh, marital toys? He goes, oh, no, 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 that's only for other people. And I said, would you be surprised to know that your wife said she'd absolutely use them? And he was like, you are kidding. I said, no. I said, you guys don't have as much time. So the dynamic of your intimacy had to change because of the dynamic of a child coming in. So when I got them to the point where he was like, she said yes? I said, yeah, she said yes. So that helped both of them, and then I was able to move to, okay, we got over that, and now let's talk about what is going to be the type of sensation you want to create. So those are the things that you can talk to someone about, what would be the fantasy, what would be the sensation. So I'm going to the adult novelty next week. Pardon me, tomorrow I'll have a report on that next week. Goodness only knows what I'm going to see this year. So anyways, who knows? Drone, you know, supported dildos. God only knows. Have a fabulous week. Any questions? LouPaget.com. Sending you love and hugs. Have a fabulous rest of the week. Bye for now. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 